Hello and welcome back to Touching Base PR Edition. My name is Jamie Gerke and I'll be your host today. This is the podcast where I help aspiring communications professionals create the careers they dream of. Through fun interviews with top-notch PR and marketing pros, you're going to gain a wide understanding of the industry and know how to make your mark. Let's do it. So this week, I have an interview with Jacqueline Morani, who is the owner of JBM Public Relations Agency. What's great about Jacqueline is that she is still kind of young. She's still kind of just getting started in her career, but she is an owner of a business, so she can offer insight on that end, while also offering insight on being involved in things on college campuses and volunteer experiences in PR and really getting started in freelance because it wasn't that long ago that she was doing all of those things and it's a really great conversation with Jacqueline and I'm excited for you guys to hear it and get into it. Hopping right into my professional highlight of the week, I kind of have two this week and they're both related to my job because that's what the section is about but the first is with basketball so basketball season is very 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 rapidly approaching in the college sports industry tip-off is allowed for November 9th so this week we had a media day where the media came and talked to all the players and got to know them a little bit more and the next night was actually our first exhibition game so that was kind of a run-through of what the season is gonna look like and let me tell you it was inexperience Getting to work with the media is one thing, but all the behind the scenes work of going into media is so, so, so insane. So lucky for me, one of my co-workers actually had to handle most of the credential making, but we did have to make credentials for all the media and all the staff that was coming. So that requires him going on Photoshop and doing all that, but then we all kind of worked together as a team to get them laminated, get them hole punch, get the lanyard in them. So definitely a major team effort getting credentials ready and then on top of that we also have to put out media place cards so we have to make a seating chart for the media and make sure that they know where they're going and then we also have to check them in at the table give them their credential check their vaccination card because you have to be vaccinated to come into our arena and it's a whole process actually getting everything start settled but it's really really rewarding and I talk so much about the rewarding part of PR but like the next day when you see a reporter that you checked in you see his article that he put up It's a really exciting experience. On top of that, they did win the exhibition game. We were playing Baruch, which is a D3 school, and St. John's won like 108 to 37 or something. It was some crazy number, and good vibes for the season starting. My other professional highlight relates back to volleyball, which is the sport that I am directly responsible for, and my highlight is from last night's game. I'm recording this on Saturday, October 30th, but last night's game, we played Georgetown, and one of my players, her name's Raquel, she scored 35 kills during the game, which is a crazy high number. It's fifth in the nation right now. It's also first in our conference, the Big East, and it's the first time a St. John's player scored 35 kills since 2004, so it's a crazy high number, and I got to do a lot of research going back into it, and I was really happy with all the ways the research ended up being, and it was a really, really exhausting night trying to get him by all the data, but it's very, very well worth it once all everyone starts seeing it and the NCAA retweeted it and it's just like, I, I, I did that. I mean, I didn't get 35 kills, but I got it out there that she got 35 kills. <laughs> On a personal note, it's really not that exciting, but today was kind of the first day where I could really calm down in about two weeks. I had a volleyball game at night, but during the day I was just kind of relaxed and able to breathe and like 
be a human for the first time. I did a face mask. I took a nap. I went to Ulta. I actually found out that I had over $200 in Ulta points. So I got everything at Ulta for free, which was amazing. And honestly, I just am very, very recharged and ready to take on the week. And that's something that I haven't really felt in a while because I kind of work like nonstop. So it's just good to be able to breathe, take a moment for yourself and like regroup. And now I'm ready to like go into the week ahead and like really be on top of it. And that's good because we have um, a four game homestand. So we're going to play two games this weekend at home and then two games the following weekend at home. So it's going to be a long weekends, but I can do it. (laughs) Anyway, all of that being said, let's hop right into this interview with Jacqueline and I hope you guys like it. So can you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Jacqueline Morani. I am the owner slash creative director for JBM Public Relations Agency. Amazing. So to kind of hop right into the hot seat segment question, first thing I would like to know from you is if you could choose an age to remain forever, what age would you pick and why? I think I would go with age 35. I don't know. I just feel like that's prime. I know a lot of people are like, oh, your 20s, that's your prime time. But I don't think so. I feel like 35 right there is prime. You're like on the brink of everything. I think that's just like a great time. I'm not 35, by the way, but I just feel like by 35, I need to have my life somewhat together. (laughs) I totally feel that. I definitely also feel the everyone says your 20s are going to be the best years of your life and I'm currently 22 and I don't know who was listening who who said that because I feel like I am all over the place yes yes me too (laughs) I don't know who decided that the 20s should be the best years but right I definitely do not agree so far me either I'm declaring 30s that's that's the best time there (laughs) all right I'm I will be so happy to check in with you when we get to 35 Yes, and please do. see how you're feeling about it. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds like a plan. So my second question for you is, what is one of your favorite quotes? One of my favorite quotes is something that I actually came up with probably a year ago. And that is, plan your work, work your plan. As long as you're planning your work and you're working that plan, I feel like you'll be okay. And that doesn't mean everything that you plan is going to work out exactly how you planned it every time because things happen bumps in the road do come as long as you're continuing to plan that work and work that plan you should be okay so that's one of the quotes that I live by and I feel like knowing that things are going to be crazy sometimes and not always the easiest just definitely the perfect way to hop right into the main focus of the episode and kind of talking about communications and public relations so Can you first start by telling me where you went to school and what you got your degree in? Yes, I went to school um, at the University of Central Arkansas, which is in Arkansas. Um, It's in Conway, Arkansas. I got my degree in communication um, with a minor in public relations. Amazing. So kind of tell me about your undergrad experience and what that looked like for you. Um, Any clubs you were a part of, any internships you did, kind of all of that. My undergrad experience was amazing. Um, I think so. And I was involved in a lot. And I think it was amazing because I was involved in so many different things, Um, clubs around campus. I was a part of PRSA. Um, I was a part of just some different student organizations as well on the athletic side. 
as far as internships, I did have one um, with a couple different organizations, actually. Um, I had one with the Democratic Party, like the Young Adult Democratic Party. And then I also had an internship with the athletic department at my school doing communications, basically, on both of those. I love that. I also, when I was in undergrad, I interned in my school's athletic department and communications. Now that's kind of what I'm doing now in grad school as well, but kind of tell me about interning. And I want to talk about interning in the sense that it's a really great way to open up your mind to your future career opportunities and kind of get yourself ready for a future career. So kind of tell me like, what are your tips for standing out as an intern? What should an intern be doing to really make sure that their bosses recognize their hard work? Absolutely. I first want to um, comment on the importance of interning because I feel like that's where you find your niche. Like that's where you find out what you want to actually do within this field because I graduated with a um, with the communication degree, but I started out as mass comm. And I found out mass comm was just so huge, so general. And that's not really the type of public relations that I wanted to do. But it only took me exploring and doing different things to figure that out. So I first want people to know it's okay to, you know, bounce around campus, figure out exactly what it is you want to do. Because within this field, it's so many things that you can do. Um, but also with that, I feel like for internships and just standing out as far as your resume, just being involved and proactive, taking initiative within these groups, um, leading things, but also showing that you can be a part of a team always um, helps you stand out as far as your resume is concerned. And um, I think also with the internships, um, it's important to do them at the beginning I know like a lot of people don't stress the internship until you get like in your junior senior year but definitely start like your freshman year if you if you're one of those people go ahead and get involved and and do something with the field yeah a hundred percent and I love what you mentioned about how important it is to actually do internships because they're really gonna help you kind of determine exactly what you want to do in the field I know for me one of my first communications internships was in marketing And I thought at the time I absolutely loved it. It was in the athletic department at my school as well. And I was like, oh my God, this is definitely what I want to do. And then the next semester I interned in communications and I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. Right. (laughs) Yep. So now kind of talk about walking out of college and kind of trying to find your place in the PR world. How did you kind of end up where you are right now? So. When I first graduated, I'm not going to lie. It was very challenging and very difficult to um, find a job in my field, what I wanted to do. And I think it was the same for a lot of my classmates as well. Some of them ended up going routes that they didn't, I guess, um, they didn't picture themselves in, but they just took a leap because they needed a job. But I, I do believe it was very difficult to to find um, a job in corporate PR. I should emphasize that in corporate PR. Um, so that was my goal was to do corporate PR. And when that wasn't really happening for me, I kind of just did my own thing and created my own lane. So when I did, when I did that, I just, before I created JBM PR, 
I was doing freelance PR. So I just legitimized that and took that to the next step and created a career for myself with that. So that's how I became, you know, the owner of the agency that I'm doing now. But it was that wasn't always my plan. And it kind of just happened out of survival because I needed to make money and I wasn't able to find a job right out of college. Um, so, I mean, it's different for everyone. You may have to take a job that you don't necessarily want to do. Um, and it's still kind of being your field. And then sometimes you can freelance and kind of keep yourself afloat until that dream job or career comes for you. Yeah. And I think that starting in freelancing is something that's great for a lot of people because you can kind of explore your own opportunities while right. also trying to figure it out in the corporate world. So that is something that you want to do. I know some people think that freelancing is so different than working in the corporate world, but realistically, they're all means to the same end goal. Um, so working in freelance, how do you go about finding your clients? How did that, what did that look like for you? So when I, the first, um, I guess, corporate job that I got after college was probably a year and a half after I graduated. It wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, but being in that role, it taught me a lot of systems. Um, it taught me a lot of um, how to go out and find clientele. So when I left that job and started my own thing, I kind of took some of those same systems with me. And my biggest way to get clients was a word of mouth, basically. And I would start off by doing passion products. I like pr- passion projects, I like to call them, which is basically pro bono projects. So I did a few pro bono projects to kind of showcase my talents and my services. And then I used that to create my platform to put my work out. And once that started, it kind of just happened with word of mouth. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of what it looks like for a lot of people. And I've heard a lot of mixed opinions about doing projects pro bono or always charging for them. And I think that if you're in a place where you can do the pro bono work to kind of build your resume and to get those experiences, I don't see any shame in it or any problem with it. Same. I don't either. Um, I'm in a group now that's like PR pros and a lot of them hate pro bono work. And I totally feel it because who really has time for that when you're trying to make a living off your talents? But like I said, I was fresh and I was new. So I was willing to do one or two. Not to say I was doing them all pro bono because I wasn't, but I would choose what I thought. This is a really good cause. I believe in your mission and your goals. Let me do X, Y, and Z for you. And in exchange, because you're still getting something from it, in exchange, let me use this to create a portfolio so then I mm-hmm. can get more you know, clients or customers or whatever to build my brand and my business. So, I mean, I still got something from it, just not immediately. But like you said, if you have the means to do that, I'm all for it. But if you don't, I understand. And you charge whatever it is you need to charge. Exactly. And I think that just kind of making sure that there is some way that you can get something out of it and knowing like Mm -hmm. that, oh, I can do a case study with this and just having that outlined clearly with the clients and having them know that that's what's going to be the deal if you're going to do it pro bono, then I don't see any problems with it. So kind of now tell me about going from freelancing to making it into what JBM is now kind of what did that transition period look like 
So that transition period was fairly easy, um, simply because I come from a family of business owners. So I kind of had some unofficial mentors kind of help them guide through that process. But it wasn't too difficult. The difference, the biggest difference for me was just legitimizing everything as far as getting your business license, your website, things of that nature in place. When you're a freelancer, you don't really too much have to do those things. You can probably have a landing page or use your Facebook or Instagram as your page or whatever, but you don't really have to be 100% legit. So that was the biggest difference in transition for me was making sure I had everything on paper and and I was I was legit because I mean when you're working with like big businesses or larger businesses they kind of want that stuff they want to make sure you know you know what you're doing you have proof you have your you know portfolio or ready examples to show them so they kind of look for those things so that was the biggest transition um, for me was just making sure everything was legit. 100% and I think that um, a lot of people kind of underestimate that part of it and people forget about that and people think that oh I'm great at PR so yes I can have my own business but there's so much more that goes into it so can you talk more about the process of legitimizing your business and doing all the paperwork and getting the website set up and all of that kind of what does that process look like I think um long as you sit and plan I feel like the process goes a little smooth when I was getting ready or when I was doing it, I would look up some agencies um, or firms around my area and see how they would run things, see what kind of things that they have, um, see what kind of clients they attract by having these things. Because if you, you know, there, you can always stay in a freelancer's mind and maybe you don't want to attract all these customers. You want to go out and get your clients, which I know people like that too. So they don't feel the need to have all the the websites and the social medias and things because they're going to go get their clients. They're not, you know, they're not planning to market for clients to come to them. So if that's what you're doing, then cool. But if you want to kind of go on the bigger side of agencies firm idea, then, you know, you'll need the website, the business cards, the social medias, the, you know, ready portfolios and people on your team to assist when you get those big projects and clients. Yeah. And I think that so much of that, when you say business cards, social media, website, in that sense, those are all different ways of networking and getting your business right, out there. Right. So I guess I kind of want to switch gears a little bit to networking and talking about networking as a whole and networking being so important in the industry. So kind of mm-hmm. tell me what you would tell someone that really wants to get more into networking and making connections in the PR agency what should someone and making connections in the PR industry what should someone know so I would first um try to figure out what industry within PR you want to work like what type of clients do you want to work with for example if you want to work with beauty brands or all things beauty and lifestyle then it's probably best that you surround yourself with those type of business owners and go to those type of events to network so like maybe for me I like working with um, beauty brands and lifestyle brands so for me one thing that I was a part of was a big fashion show that happened every year in my city I was a part of that I was on the PR team the communication team helping with that and it started off as small and as the years went on my role got bigger 
but I had to first start small, network with people, get my name out there, get my work out, you know, speak up. Don't be afraid to speak up. This business is all about who you know, 100%. So if you're, if you're afraid or shy to get out of your shell, we might need to do some exercises or something to get you out of there because you have to speak up. You have to talk to people or else they're not going to know. And all it takes sometimes is one person. All it takes is for you to talk to the right person, show the right person what you can do, and they can take you to another level that you didn't even know was imaginable. So for networking, it's very important. And I would just say, go to events that are in the industry or the type of people that you want to work with. Put yourself out there, volunteer or offer your services. Don't be afraid to speak up and just be genuine and authentic. Don't, you know, don't be fake. None of that. People can always tell when you're trying too hard and when you're being fake. So just be yourself. Go out there, talk to people, and it'll happen for you. No, I was about to say volunteering, but right when you said volunteering, it was something that was so much on my mind. And I think that so often in the PR world, there are these opportunities to volunteer and really get your foot in the door, but you really have to like find them and find that specific niche and go for it. I know like, like even like with athletics, any athletics event, especially like with universities or colleges, just reaching out and asking if they like need help getting ready for an event. It's like little things like that. Or even like when it comes down to fashion shows, like people need help with those things. And like, if you're offering your services for free, nine out of 10 times, I think they're going to take you up on that offer. Right. They're going to remember that. And then when you come around again and and say you want a job this, this year or this go around, they're more likely or more inclined to actually hire you because you've already volunteered. You already took that initiative. But I was also going to say that's actually how I got my job when I was in college um, with the athletic department. I volunteered for something. And then I noticed that they were having issues uh, with on the communication side. And I was like, oh, you know, I could help with this. And they was like, really? And I was like, yeah. So they was like, oh, we didn't know you could do that. I mean, yeah, I can. So that's how it happened. And from there, I moved up within the athletic department and was able to do different things on the communication side. So it's, it's and, but it started off as a volunteer opportunity. And even, I think it's so funny that you mentioned athletics because for me, it was kind of the opposite for me. I started off as an intern and then I ended up volunteering in the office because I, spent a semester there. I got four credits for my internship. And then I spent another semester, got another four credits. And by Mm. that point, my school only allowed me to have eight credits of internship opportunities that by that point I was out of credits. So I was like, okay, what the heck am I supposed to do? I was like, I still have another semester left of school. I don't want to leave the department yet. I was like, I, I guess I'll just, I'll be here. You don't have to compensate me. You don't have to give me credit. Like just whatever you need. I got you. Right. (laughs) And so I think it's important to remember that like when you are kind of getting into the PR world, like if you have the capability to do this volunteer work or do unpaid internships or anything like that, go ahead and take that opportunity. And I know like unpaid internships get a really bad rep sometimes. Um, (laughs) And I know they, they are the worst. And so many of the opportunities in the PR industry are unpaid internships. And, you know, it makes it so difficult sometimes to get into the industry if you don't have um, 
the capability to do an unpaid internship, which is why, which is why I think that those small volunteer opportunities, just one event or one fashion show or one game, something like that are Mm -hmm. ways to get in without totally giving up. Right. And so now kind of switching gears a little bit, can you kind of tell me what a week in your life looks like? And I ask this question because I know every day in PR is different. So kind of how do you go about structuring your weeks and what are some of the tasks that you need to get done during a, during a weekly basis? Yeah, you hit it on the nail. Every day is different, <laughs> but I try to plan my weeks out as much as I can. On Mondays, I usually don't like to do like any interaction with clients um, besides email or anything. I, I like to use Mondays as admin days. I like to do a lot of back office work. Um, I like to just plan for the week, plan for my clients on Mondays. Um, so I use it as an admin day. And then the rest of the week, you know, it's different. I usually try to meet with clients on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Um, I try not to do a heavy load on Fridays, hopeful, but that usually doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it looks so different, but only thing that's consistent right now is on Mondays, I really don't have any interactions with people outside of emails. I use it as an admin day. Every other day is different. Some days I have five Zoom calls, some days I have none, so I mean, it just depends on what what my current clients are and what events I have current um, that really determines my week. So the only thing that's consistent right now is Mondays or admin days. That's and I it. think taking Mondays to be that admin day and just getting yourself resituated after weekend is so important. Me I know too. I usually try to like anything that like I need to like meet with people or do anything like that. I try to do it like Tuesday through Friday because like Monday, I feel like no one wants to meet with me on a Monday. I feel but. like I'm most productive when I don't have to be on go on Mondays because normally I have busy weekends doing just either taking that necessary me time or just doing things for events or clients. So on Mondays, I feel like if I, like you said, if I can recharge and reset the tone for the week on Mondays, I feel like my week goes a lot smoother. Sometimes I do have to work occasional Monday. But the days that I don't and I get to use that time to recharge, I feel like I'm just more productive and beneficial for my business and my clients. A hundred percent agree. So now kind of going off of all those things that you do every week and what your weeks kind of look like, can you kind of tell me about your favorite part of your job? Um, My favorite part of my job will probably be at the end of a project. When your client is like, oh my God, I can't believe we did this. I can't believe you helped my business, my brand, or whatever I'm working on. You know, it's just that aha moment and that relief of like, or that accomplished moment that I get to share with my clients towards the end of a project. It's just, it's just really satisfying. You feel accomplished. Um, I'm always happy that I was able to help someone else's brand and business come to life or take them to the next level so that's probably my favorite part yeah towards the end when it all comes together Mm -hmm. and what I think is so great about PR is that it is kind of results driven and I know that's not Mm -hmm. for everyone because then it's like sometimes it's like 
But if you don't get the result you want, I know that can be hard for some people to deal with. But if you right. are a person that like does well getting results and is a very like results driven person, PR is a good agency for PR is a good industry for you because all of your projects kind of end with some form of here's a result. And I think a lot of the times if you've done what you're supposed to and you've worked like you're supposed to, um, you can kind of say that there is a good result regardless of where your client gets placed or whatever it may be as long as you did the work to get into it. I agree. And and like you said, some people are not result driven. And for them, for those type of people, just like you said, as long as you've done your best and you put your best foot forward, it's always a win. Because sometimes you do have projects or clients who are not satisfied and then the end goal wasn't what you imagined or planned for. But at the end of the day, as long as you did your part, you know, it's still a win. And sometimes you do have to, you know, part ways with clients and projects. And like I said, as long as you did your part, it's still a win. Right. And I think as long as you can know for yourself, like I did everything I could to get this client placed, even if it doesn't work out, it's kind of like a thing where you can kind of say, oh, it just wasn't meant to be like this product or this client just wasn't meant to be in that placement at that time. Right. I agree 100%. And I think kind of going off of that, it's kind of like knowing like it's not your actual product. You didn't create it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think if it doesn't get placed, it's kind of like a, oh, well, it, it wasn't totally on me. Right. And I mean, it also depends, you know, on what you're doing for that business or brand. You know, some things are just out of con- out of your control. I know a lot of people feel like PR is guaranteed, but it's not. It's, it's not. We can put it together. We can put it out there. We can pitch it. We can do all the pitching we want until our eyes are blue and red. But at the end of the day, the people choose it. And sometimes they don't choose it. And that's not on us. So you have to know going you have to know going into this industry, if that's the type of public relations you want to do, you have to know that at the end of the day, that you can do all you can that doesn't mm-hmm. guarantee it 100%, and which so, is why I also don't like pitching. <laughs> yeah. And so kind of going off of that a little bit and knowing like you can do all you can, but it doesn't always work out. Um, I kind of want to talk about the name of your agency doing JBM. And obviously that's coming off of your initials and your name. So mm-hmm. I was talking to someone a few weeks ago and they had told me that they liked um, that their name was in the name of their agency because it kind of made it so it was kind of pressure driven. It was like, oh, if it fails, it's on me because it's my name. So Mm -hmm. I kind of want to ask you, why did you pick choosing your agency name after yourself? Why not a different type of name? So I went through that whole process of having like 10 different names on a piece of paper, just kind of trying to be creative and think. And I was just always drawn back to my name. When I looked up people that inspired me and people that I looked up to within the industry, all of their businesses was named after them. Or like when you look at major law firms, it's them, it's their name. They're the ones doing the work. They're the ones representing the client. So that's how I thought about it. I'm the one doing the work. I'm the one who's, re- who, you know, I'm representing my clients in these different spaces. It, Like you said, it's on me. And so I named it. And originally when I first started, it was actually JBM and Associates. 
PR agency, I had a couple people that I hired on a few years ago. And I just recently did a whole brand switch this past year and just dropped the associates and just me. Because I realized during that process of working with other people, it still falls on me. And if they fall through, I still got to pick up the slack and do it. So that's how I just came up with my name. And when I was doing the logo process, I just loved the way my name or my initials looked with it. So it just stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I like that you mentioned kind of doing that rebrand and realizing that it was you at the end of the day that was that everything was falling on. And I think that kind of really understanding your brand and who you are is so important to yes. PR, obviously. And so I commend you for being able to recognize that um, you didn't really need the associates part of the name because it was it's your agency. Yeah, for sure. And so kind of going off of what we were talking about a little bit ago, we, I asked you your, the fav- your, I asked you your favorite part of your job. So can you kind of switch gears and tell me your least favorite part of your job? Um, I think the least favorite part would be um, bringing the greatness out of people. Because <laughs> the type of PR that I do, it's very brand heavy, image um you know setting your whole brand it's like I do a lot of the branding so it's really hard sometimes or it's not even hard it can be challenging and difficult to kind of get an idea and 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 plan off of that idea and take it to the next level because a lot of times when people come to me they don't always know what they want 100 percent or I would say 95 percent of the time people don't know what they want so it can be a challenge to get that out of people for me so that I'm able to actually do my job. But it's fine because I have a whole process that we can go through to help you decide, you know, exactly what it is that you want to do, what type of product or whatever your brand is you're trying to push. So that's probably my least favorite part, actually getting that part out so then I can do the job. Yeah. And, you know, I think that even it all ties back together. It's like, you do that least favorite part of your job and really getting into like the nitty gritty with the client to figure out exactly what they want and what they need. And then it kind of ties right back into that best part of your job. When you get those results, it's even better because of, you know, all the hard work you've done to get them. Right. You know exactly where you started. So it makes it all that much more rewarding. Yeah. So I kind of just have two more questions for you and The first one is kind of my opportunity to give you the floor and kind of ask you, what is unique about JBMPR? What makes it set apart from other agencies? Yeah, so when I first started my agency, I made a valid commitment to myself to be authentic. Um, Once you start navigating throughout the agency world, you will find it's a lot of fakeness. And I don't like fakeness. Um, so I pride myself, myself and my team. We're very real. We're go-getters. We're going to give you the raw, honest truth. We're not sugarcoating anything. And, and we're not gatekeepers. In this industry, there's a lot of gatekeepers. And I vow that that wouldn't be my agency. So that's kind of what sets me apart. For one, we're authentic and real. We're not playing the gatekeeper game. And we're going to give you our best and raw, honest opinion. And we're going to work our butts off to accomplish whatever the goals are that we that we set out. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going off of that a little bit, um, 
I turn the table on you. I ask you what's unique about JVM, but I also want to know what is something unique about you? Um, I, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm just a down to earth type of person. I'm real easygoing. Um, and like I said, you don't find that a lot in this. I, I, I keep saying that and people probably think I'm crazy. But when you start navigating this industry, you're going to see what I'm talking about. I'm real chill. I'm real easygoing. I'm real. And it's not a lot of real people in this industry. So that's what sets me apart from anybody automatically is that I'm giving you 100% realness. You know, I love that you mentioned that because I think this industry can be so cutthroat and so scary sometimes. Yes. And I especially like, I know for myself, um, I was working on a team of people a few years ago. Um not in anything related to PR, just working on a team of people and mm-hmm. me and there were four of us on the team and we were kind of in like two different sides where it was like me and this one other girl who wanted to work in marketing and then the two other girls wanted to work on more um, like humanities focused fields, like social work and teaching and education and all those kind of things. Oh, and okay. so I felt like the whole time we were never able to kind of come to a solid consensus because- me and the girl who wanted to work in marketing, we were like, oh, like, like, why does it matter what other people think? Like, let's just get this done. Like, let's do this, like the way it needs right. to be done. And then they were like, no, we have to focus on what other people think. And we were, and like, you know, it's kind of just like the industry no. that you're in really <laughs> does kind of shape you as a person. Yes, absolutely. And you have to be, like you said, a lot of people in this industry are cutthroat, but you kind of have to be, because if not, people will try to take advantage and they will try to take advantage of your gifts and talents and that's the quickest way to get burnt out by always saying yes by not always speaking your mind or anything like that so you kind of have to be cutthroat and cutthroat doesn't mean you have to be mean or disrespectful or you know a mean girl or anything like that it just means you have to stand up for yourself at the end of the day because let the get some of these businesses will take advantage of you A hundred percent. And I love that you just said some of these businesses will try to take advantage of you. And I think that you really have to know your worth when you're working in the agent, when you're working in the industry. Because the thing is communications and PR can be so many different things. It can mean so many different things. It can mean pitching. It can mean social media. It can mean doing X or Y or Z. And you really have to be able to set your boundaries with clients and Mm -hmm. understand that like, yes, I can do all of these things but I deserve to be compensated for all of these things. Absolutely. Because some people try to do a, a one for all and that's just not how it works. It does not work that way. You cannot get 10 different services for one price of $2.99. It does not work that way. <laughs> exactly. No. And so now my kind of final question for you is just looking back on everywhere you've been so far. And I know you're still in the early stages of your career and your life and I think that's why I love asking this question because it really hits people in so many different places but this question is if you could do your whole journey over again college starting out your career doing everything all over again is there anything that you would want to change or do differently you know I often think about that that question a lot in regards to this I feel like if I could do it all over again I would start sooner I would start sooner with going to events actually getting in the rooms that I need to be in 
I had to teach myself this because yes, I went to school, but the type of public relations that I wanted to do wasn't necessarily being taught in the classroom. Like I love my education because it taught me all the basis and the basics of PR. So I'm able to do all the traditional work, but as far as the networking and getting into rooms that I need to get in, my education didn't teach me that. I didn't learn that until I had graduated and I was in the world. So I would start that process way sooner. And I mean, I kind of started it when I was in clubs and stuff. I just didn't know I was preparing myself for that. So if I if I could just have that knowledge now, I feel like I would be a lot thought further than I am now. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love doing this podcast. And I love getting people on here telling me what they wish they would have known because I really hope that one day this podcast will be a resource for so many different people to kind of figure out how to get into the industry and I really hope that it's gonna help a lot of people and so thank you for coming on and sharing your story and sharing your advice and sharing everything you've kind of learned so far because I think it's going to be able to help so many people. I think so too um and thank you for having me I think it's very important and this is an important platform to have especially for people just trying to get into the industry and navigate it so I think resources like this are so helpful they're so real and authentic and I'm just glad that you reached out for me to be a part I'm happy to be here thank you